Whether you're on the go with a summer vacation or decide to spend your free time with a staycation, the No-So's got you covered. Relive your favorite era of wrestling with New Gen on a Mission, Wrestling Warzone, Extreme Three-Way Dance, or the Ruthlessly Aggressive Podcast. Keep in touch with the modern era with GC Dub, Clotheslines and Headlines, you know what that means, and Viewer's Choice. Or sit down and nerd out with No Holds Barred, WWE War, or The Wrestler That Was. It's summertime, and the living is easy. Because you've got the North-South Connection. NorthSouthConnection.com Once upon a time, two men decided if they were making the cut. Then they made the cut. And now JT and Aaron are talking everything from wrestling to pop culture and beyond because it's no holds barred. Will you back down, turn and run? Or stand up with the best? When you're back to the wall, what will your answer be? Will you run for the door? Will you run out on me like it's hard? It's no Oh, it's Bob! That's my Do you know his last name? Ham, I believe. Lenny, Lemmy Ham? Yes, Lemmy Ham. Yes. All it's right. made up. Good, 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 good. Give us me his dad. Yes. And no more Garcia Parra's father in law. Wait, he's related to Lenny? Lemmy? Lenny. Oh, I think it was Lenny Ham. It's the guy I went to college with. I was talking about Lemmy Cooper. Oh, I was talking about Sheldon Cooper. Oh, okay. What about Sterling Cooper? I don't know who that is. Here we are, no holds barred. Why do we have to start these shows this way? It's you. I didn't start anything. You're the one talking about Lenny and Lemmy. No, you started asking about names. I just was referencing Motorhead. Lemmings now. Let's talk about Lemmings. I hate this. I hate this. I hate it all. What about Koopa Troopa? What is the retirement age for podcasting? Is that like I believe when it's do I invest in my IRA? It's when you move out of your mom's basement. Is when it uh, is. What about your own oh. basement? <laughs> so technically, then you become your mom, and then I'm and then my mom. Next thing you know, she'll family Koopa's tree. Family tree gets weird. Wait, did I uh, abandon myself? Yes. If I'm my own mom. Yes. Listen. <laughs> We're here every Saturday at No Holds Barred, and we're sorry if this is your first introduction to this nonsense, but every Saturday, 11 o'clock, we're here. Uh, twice a month, we're walking through every WD World title change ever, and opposite that, twice a month, we are doing drafts with our friends, and that's what we're doing here today. As you can see, if you're watching, we're on YouTube, North South Connection. You can subscribe, like, and leave a comment below. This is also simulcast audio on all of our podcast applications that are out there in the world by searching North South Connection. So, Aaron and I here as always, the draft czar, Mr. Timothy T. Taylor Jr. is with us, of course. We run on the board. Two very special guests with us this evening, new to the draft world of Marvel's Bard. So it's exciting times here. We have uh, my original PIC. We are 12 years in on the Place to Be podcast, Place to Be Nation. He's the newest sex... No, it's five. Uh, Fifth of Janarian? I don't know what, what that is. I almost said sex, but that's six. Cinco Janarian? Cinco Janarian. 
Cinco uh, de Mayo, Janarian. Our friend and yours, Mr. Scott Criscolo. How are you, my friend? Nope, no. Good evening, uh, JT, Tim, Aaron. Uh, great to be with you guys. Love a good uh, a good draft, and this is a fun one. Uh, I don't think I've done a draft since we did one back on uh, the last one you lost our show way back in the day <laughs> when I drafted Thunder as one of my top. Five. Exactly. See, <laughs> <laughs> I'm never. I mean, that's unforgettable. There will not be any thunderish uh, picks tonight, though. I'm ready. It's gonna be fun. Coward. Very, very good, very good. Uh, yes, money in the bank. It's going to be thunder. So, Also joining us is a man of many podcasts. Uh, you can hear him specifically here on Our Connection on the Seven Months of Danger, as well as often on the Ruthlessly Aggressive podcast and Talk at Docs. That's once a month here on Wednesdays. And Mr. Logan Crossland. Logan, how are you? I need as much laughter and irreverence as possible because that's what I'm used to and that's what I expect. So, um, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm glad yes, to be here. <laughs> Come to the right show if you're looking for stupidity. Uh, <laughs> all right, Tim, what's our topic tonight, my friend? So our topic tonight, it is, of course, it is money in the bank season. So we are opening Pandora's box and playing a little what if with uh, money in the bank. So, uh, JT and Aaron and Logan and Scott are going to have to draft their best six people who never won money in the bank. But there's a catch. Wait, wait, they ha- they couldn't have won it before? Well, my, that, that was my understanding, but no, I think it's there's never... some fantasy drafting in it as well, where you're actually fantasy booking people winning money in the bank across all of wrestling history. Right. It's not just WWE from WrestleMania 21 to today. No, no. Kitty bar the door. Everything's wide open. Any promotion, any time period. These guys get to put on their creative thinking caps and uh, flex their wrestling muscle and, and tell us what they so, think. I, I think the one happened. thing, Throughout the years. The one thing I'll say is I think we can pick people that have won before, um, but you're just not going to pick that. Like, we're not picking winners of Money in the Bank. We're rebooking all Money in the Banks. So, like, I don't think we're taking them off the board, per se. You just wouldn't pick someone that won in the year they won anyway. Like, you're not going to pick right. Edge 2000 and, yeah. you know, and five. That one was perfect. Yeah. Damn it. Um, is, is this too white and pointy for a thinking cap? You kind of look like Swedish chef. Yeah. Oh, burk, burk, um, all right, so there's the rules. Uh, there is one, only one caveat on top of it is that we can't pick a wrestler in a overlapping 12 months if they were picked elsewhere. If Logan takes Dwayne Gill 1993, which he should, uh, he's specifying the month, right? So when he says, I'm taking Dwayne Gill, August 93 is when my money in the bank happens for him. No one else can take Dwayne Gill from August 93 to August 94. So you can extrapolate being- that to the big names, but. And we're being a little loose about when that money in the bank can take place because WWE has been yeah. kind of loose about it at times too. I know it's typically since it's been in it at WrestleMania or in June or July, what the fuck? It's a fantasy thing. So we're going to kind of, you can put it wherever you want. Yep. Yep. For sure. We're dictating as it goes. All right. Uh, so as we always do here on draft day, Mr. Tim gives us a game to play to determine the draft order. And uh, what's that game going to be, Tim? Well, of course, it's money in the bank season, but it's also uh, for some of us a, a time to show your na- national pride. Uh, so it is going to be a question regarding. Just put me last. Just put me no, last. No, no. Then. 
This is a fair question. So it has nothing necessarily to do with like tea parties or anything like that. It does have to do with hot dogs. So the question to you all is closest to the pin. What is the record set during the Nathan's hot dog eating competition for the men? Most hot dogs eaten during the competition. Is it closest or or it's just not about going over, right? It's not about going over. It's It's closest closest. to the pin. And if you get closest to the pin, you get to set the draft order. And we'll talk about the draft after this. Okay. Everybody's got their thinking caps on. As those of you may know, I wrote a a yearly article for for this for many years. Uh, But I have in the last few. So my knowledge is a little bit. Less. Does anyone next want time, to go first? Next time, make it a Shakespeare question so I can have a fucking sure. advantage. How many stupid plays does Shakespeare write? 37, asshole. Move on. <laughs> 37. How many hot dogs did uh, Romeo plays. They're all suicide stupid. with with Juliet? <laughs> well, he put one inside her, I'll tell you that much. Huzzah. <laughs> 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 Um, anyone want to go? Ne- is that your guess, Aaron? 37? No, I'm not. Sounds I'm like it. It's a whole different thing. Okay, fair oh, enough. I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna get yelled at for yelling already. <laughs> we just started. Um, just start talking about hot dogs. I don't fucking know. Uh, what's 64? 64. I'll take 76. 76 from Logan because oh, it's America. You're gonna go 76? <laughs> fucking bullshit. Um, 102. 102. I'm gonna go 83. Well, if this were the Price is Right. There would be a ding, 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 ding going on because somebody hit it right on the button, and that is Logan. 76 is the record set in 2021. 76 hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes. Logan's hands were inside his his moo-moo, so we know he wasn't typing and cheating. That's right. Yeah, I I watch that religiously every year, so I I knew it was within the range of somewhere uh, right around there. So yeah, I knew it was high seventies, low eighties, somewhere in there. Yeah. All right. Beautiful. So (laughs) you now have the glorious honor of setting our draft order. Now, for those who haven't been here before. we, these drafts are, are what's referred to as a serpentine draft. Right, the snake. So if you pick first in the first round, you pick last in the second round, goes around for six rounds. So Logan, uh, draft order could be key, and you get to set it. So Did anybody else is... catch uh, JT slithering right off screen? Yes. <laughs> okay. He was going to bed. <laughs> Fun fact, I do that every time, and it just took an hour to notice. <laughs> All right, uh, I'll go first, I guess. Um, I'll let JT go second, um, Aaron third, and Scott fourth. Sure. All Beauty right. That age. Are Holy we actually in age order? Probably. Two young guys going going first. You're like eleven months younger than me. You fucking... If you don't count me in the middle, it is age order. I think. <laughs> there you go. High five, Logan. By the way. Other side. Other way. I'm this going way. to you. Other way. There we go. There we go. It's already a train wreck. If you're so. listening to this on audio, it's we just had five. It's been a train wreck for twelve years, honestly. We got Logan, JT, 
A.A. Ron. And Scott. So, Logan, it is on you. The first of our fantasy money in the bank draft. Who you got and when you got them. All right, I'm going to go to October of 1994, uh, and I'm going to give it to my lovable brother, Owen. Um, he's going to have been unsuccessful at SummerSlam in the cage. He is still, uh, Red is still going to fight Backlund, but he's actually going to win. But Backlund's going to have worn him out throughout the whole match. Owen's going to cash in at Survivor Series, win the title. So, Owen Hart. Not there bad. I think that's a, that's a really solid answer. Just it's it, it kind of hits all the all the the tick boxes. Person who never really won the world title or deserved it uh, should have won it at some <laughs> point. And if Money in the Bank were around, uh, he would have been a guy who probably would have won it and mm-hmm. had the opportunity to cash it in. So that's if, a, he, if he didn't fall off the ladder. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Of all people, too. I'm kidding today. Of all people. Wow. He would love my ass. He would have been a great Mr. Money in the Bank. So I think he would have. I think so, too. Yeah, we all think so, except for Aaron. I'm going to apologize to the family. You're fired. Martha may be banging on your door, buddhead. Martha's, Martha knows how to hold a grudge. She's got that gangster hat on. <laughs> She's coming for you. Oge in the yes, bank. Yes. Tim All right. I've been spending a lot of time in 2001 lately, uh, mainly in the world of W War. Most likely at this point, every other Thursday here on our South Connection. Um, and there's one guy that we've really gone on about talking how he should have. Uh, and Scott, we've talked about this for ages. I think we grilled Kevin Kelly about it um, for about mm-hmm. an hour and a half one night uh, about Rob Van Dam, yeah. you know, never getting the big win when he was at his hottest. So I'm going to go with RVD winning Money in the Bank at SummerSlam 2001 and calling his shot and cashing it at WrestleMania 18 on uh, whoever you want to put it on. I don't care if it's Austin keeps it till then. That's how I would do it. Not even get messed with Jericho. I'd have Austin hold it all the way and stay heel, not turn face because his whole motivation was driven by being an asshole obsessed with the world title. Why is he suddenly loving the fans again? Then I have the survivor series. So I keep him heel. He still just cares. He's obsessed with the belt and RVD is the number one face beats him at mania to be crowned world champion. You know, it's funny. Like when we were thinking about this project, one of the things that I kept coming back to was like, do you want to mess around with the titles that they, mm-hmm. the, with, with the titles, how, like where they are. And when you started talking about Rob Van Dam there, I started to get worried because when I was looking at 2001, um, I was like, oh, fuck, I kind of like how it all plays out. But I love the idea that you're doing it at Mania. Yeah. Like, I think that's very... I think Austin keeping it through the through the winter makes sense. And, like, he gets tenuous every time. Like, he's barely hanging on. I'd have him beat the Rock at Vengeance, if you're asking for me, if you're asking where, we, where I'm going with it. Mm-hmm. Um, have, him, have him beat the Rock to unify the belts at Vengeance. Survive whoever at the Rumble, you know... And I don't know how you figure out the Rumble winner not getting a title shot, but whatever. Triple H wins and gives it up for a chance at Kurt Angle in revenge or something like that. And then just say they did steroids or something. How he cashes in. Yeah. I mean, it also, it also has happened where like they've, a, the person who won the Royal Rumble called their shot at like no way out. Yeah. He could take a title match then and lose. But I think him, I think him saying maybe RVD and him make a deal or something like he says, 
I really want Angle. Angle beats the shit out of him, and RVD says, I'm going to cash in one way or another. So either I'm coming in after your match, or you let me take the match. And Triple H says, I'll see you at Backlash or whatever for the title. You know, he gets cashes in that or something. You'd be creative with it. That's if you make like Triple H and Angle or whoever, like a blood feud going into Mania. Hmm. Or Triple H sure, retires his squad sure. at the Rumble, and then he's out for another nine months. <laughs> <laughs> It does run in the family, so I mean. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! All right, Aaron, what horseshit you got? Not a very fun way to start by calling my pick horseshit. Um, after Let me the, just put this here now. Get sit in there. Yeah. Nineteen ninety one. Tuesday, Texas. <laughs> so I'm gonna go even earlier than that. Oh. I'm gonna go back in time to the money in the fucking bank. Bogus. Um, I'm going to go back further because for me, the money in the bank, you need a really strong character to carry it if you're going to carry it for a long time. And this is a guy that I've historically kind of been a bit down on, but I think this fits really well based on his career trajectory and whatnot. So I'm going back to September of 1980. And in the wake of a very important loss, I'm going to have Larry Zabisco uh, win the money in the bank. He was constantly going on about how he pushed Bruno to the limit. And so he's such a strong heel character in this run. Even his stuff after at MSG is all really solid. So I like the idea of him carrying this around. I like the idea of him cashing in on Backlund and potentially even beating Backlund. And then defending against Bruno. Maybe Backlund gets it back later. But I think Zabisco's a cool... Um, a cool a cool choice for this. Only if he refers to it as a human game of chess the entire time he's holding the briefcase. Obviously he will. Okay. I almost spelt it right. I've gotten good at it from uh, my Nitro notes for Warzone. I've gotten much better at it. Zybisco. <laughs> um, I'm going to stay in the same uh, era as Aaron just did, but I'm going to go a little later. I've been oh, okay. having for Sweet Hansen. Sweet Hansen's coming. I can Sweeter. Do it. That's right. This time, uh, Sweeter. <laughs> Sweeter and Hogan, 84. No. Um, but well, I am going to do the eight. <laughs> um, I'm going to go to – I'm going to be the first one to go out of the WWF uh, slash E. I am going – because we said we could do all promotions, right? Yep. Um, I am going to go to Jim Crockett Promotions, 1983, July. It's going to be a big summer show somewhere charlotte greensboro whatever and a ladder match at the end of a big house show with a briefcase and the last two guys uh fighting for it are the two top contenders for the united states title that were feuding at that time and that was rowdy roddy piper and the hammer greg valentine and they start beating the shit out of each other on top of the ladder piper gets a shot in the hammer falls and the hot rod grabs the briefcase and is the number one, has a briefcase for a future NWA World's Heavyweight Championship title shot. Move ahead to Starcade. They still have their dog collar match. Piper still wins that match, but Hammer beats the piss out of him like he did. Blood pouring out of the ears. So you keep that injury. Later that night, during the World's Heavyweight Championship steel cage match between Harley and Ric Flair with absolutely atrocious referee. Um, what's his name? The, the Canadian. Uh, what's Kinesky. his name? Dean Kaniski. Yeah, Dean Kaniski, yeah. Um, 
Piper is starts groggily slambering down the ring uh, in the aisle with the briefcase. Hold on, well, what the fuck does slambering mean? Slambering. It's Canadian. It means oh, okay. it's Canadian. <laughs> it means to flamber. Gene Kanisky said he, that guy is slambering down the aisle. Um, it's like a shock wall. No, um, he's so he's coming down the aisle. His 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 you know head is bandaged, blood pouring out of his ears. Gets in the ring. Uh, Kaniski and Flair are, are crumpled in the corner. Piper slams Harley with the briefcase, slides it out of the ring. S- it s- pins Harley. Kaniski's all, all right, and then counts to three, and Rowdy Roddy Piper becomes the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion at Star. Does he leave? Does he stay? He, he, stay he, holds the title for, he will only hold the title for one month, and a month later he will drop the belt to his best friend, Ric Flair, and then Piper leaves and goes to the WWE. Like so, so the calendar doesn't change. Piper only wants it for a month. He doesn't care. It's money to him. Defends it on TV a couple times, some house shows, but then at a big like Christmas show, can't even do it at, at uh, what do you call it? Uh, whatever, World Classes, Chris, Star Wars, Christmas right? Star Wars or whatever. Yeah, they could Star do a Wars. thing. And, uh, and Piper will drop the title to Ric Flair, and then he will head off to the WWF. Will Kaniski be able to uh, coherently understand what's happening? <laughs> no, he's just going to do the pin. That's it. Okay. He's going to look down, see a pin attempt. Forget oh, who's Piper in the match. Yelling Gaelic as he's <laughs> yes. No, he's just going to yep. be like TNA Zabisco and go, oh, oh my God, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so that's my, uh, so that is my pick there. Hot rod for, uh, so for the first pick of round two, um, I am going to do, even though he was only in the promotion for a very short time at this moment, we're going to go to WWF 1987. And we're going to go to right after Survivor Series, because even though he wasn't at Survivor Series, he was with the company. Um, a house show at Madison Square Garden, Money in the Bank ladder match. And he doesn't win it. He buys it. So... Andre the Giant wins the Money in the Bank briefcase and immediately out comes the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, and Andre sells him sells him the briefcase. Go to February 5th, 1988, the main event, and Andre and Hogan still have their match, but it, during the match, Virgil hands the briefcase to evil referee Earl Hebner, or Dave Hebner, depending on who you think it is, calls it. Andre rolls out of the ring. We get a some type of shenanigans, nut shot, something. DiBiase pins Hogan and becomes the World Wrestling Federation champion on February 5th, 1988. Brings the belt to WrestleMania 4 and still loses to Randy Savage. See, I was worried that when you said that DiBiase was going to win it, that uh, when when Andre gave it to him, that it, the Money in the Bank contract was then going to be put up in a fourteen man tournament. Uh no, <laughs> no, absolutely not. No. Okay, good, good. No, there will not be a tournament. Hogan, <laughs> we we take the Hogan Andre steel cage from that WrestleFest '88 that you and I did, yeah, Jr. And we put the cage match at WrestleMania Four. Savage wins the number one contender somehow between January and end of March of '88. He gets the title shot with DiBiase, and we still get the same end. We still have the same ending of WrestleMania 4 that we would have, except instead of a tournament, it's just DiBiase and Savage in the main event, and Savage wins with the help of Hogan. Mega Powers continues, yada, yada. But instead of a tournament, 
DiBiase buys the money in the bank from Andre, uses it on February 5th, 88, wins the world title, dangles it in front of Hogan and busts his chops for two months. But Hogan says, my time will come. I got to finish Andre off once and for all. They have their big cage match in Jersey and Savage still beats DiBiase to win the title. I do have a question. Where does Robin Leach fit in any of WrestleMania four? <laughs> we need well, a proclamation. He, he could carry the back of Bob Uecker's Subaru. Exactly. And he could carry like he could carry DiBiase's gold. He trades it and he'll say that the that Jack Tunney's briefcase was cheap and his will be like shiny with like new jewels on it and that kind of thing. So Champagne wishes and Halliburton dreams. So. All right. I hope Aaron now picks IRS because he is already carrying a briefcase. Uh, it's it's too, it's efficient. It's efficient. Too on the nose, even for me. Um, so I think I'm gonna. So this is a bit of a different one, but I'm gonna correct a Money in the Bank that happened. Mm. Um, and I know I probably went. I, I don't know if anybody will go earlier than uh, my last pick in 1980. I maybe, but who knows? But I'm gonna go from the earliest I can imagine to as close to the present day as I can imagine. We're going to the Money in the Bank to 2022. And uh, Austin Theory winning to me was a waste. I couldn't even tell you who won. I had to look it up. I didn't remember until you just said it, to be honest. Yeah, I had to look it up. Uh, eight Town Down. Uh, but um, I think there was a better choice for a winner even in that match. Because I've always – one of my big problems with the bloodline is that um, I feel it's constantly the same thing all the time, all the time, right? So what I'm doing at the 2022 Money in the Bank is Sami Zayn is going to tear down that briefcase. But everything else is going to stay the same. He's still going to join the bloodline. He's still going to want to be part of it. But all the while, there's going to be the tension of a cash-in hanging over Reigns. And the, he'll, he's going to be constantly telling Reigns, like, no, I'm not going to do it on you. I'm not going to do it. Like, I, I, I'm going to wait till you lose. I don't care if it expires. Maybe I'll challenge for the intercon. He's constantly going to be saying shit like that. Reigns is going to be constantly calling him on it. Everything's going to play out the same way. You can still do the Rumble the same way. But the night after the Rumble, instead of um, Reigns making the match at Montreal, Zayn's going to say, I'm calling my shot in my hometown. Yep. And he's going to win the fucking belt in his hometown. <laughs> Even if they undo it the next night, he's going to win that belt. Sami Zayn, last this past year. It was definitely on my list for sure. So, good one. Hmm. Hmm. Whether it's the same year or a different year, Sami Zayn is probably one of those guys who probably should have been money in the bank already, yep. I would assume. Uh, so, that's a, that's a good uh, wrong-righted uh, there, Mr. Aaron. Uh, JT, you are up with pick number two. All right, I'm going back to the 80s as well, and I'm going to hop over to Crockett's myself, and I'm taking us to July of 1988, where the man called Sting ow, wins the Money in the Bank and then does not sneakily cash in. He instead challenges Ric Flair at Starcade and wins the belt there for the first time. Um, so he gets he still have to draw at the first clash that's that establishes him as a player, wins money in the bank, and then runs up to Starcade, wins the belt. So we don't get the Luger nonsense where you know the whole fiasco. Um, so that will be uh, my pick, and then whatever from there. Like, I hate to mess up the Steamboat Flare trilogy, so I guess you can say 
maybe it's a short rain and flare wins it back, or maybe we just get like steamboat flare later or something like that. We don't get all three, just get a couple. But I think it at least gets Sting on the board instead of waiting and waiting and waiting until he blows his knee out. We know Sting may not blow his knee out in this. In I'm going to save him. I'm going to save his cartilage. He, he may blow his knee out climbing for it and falling down. So you never <laughs> That's <know>. true. <laughs> you never know. The, the one thing about the Stinger is not the only thing for sure about the Stinger is nothing's for sure. So that knee, that knee could have been gone regardless. Uh, Logan, you are up for back-to-back picks round two and round three. All right, so from first pick, um, I'm going to go to 1990 uh, WWF. Um, I, I'll i say it was probably in May or June. I'll say June uh, since that's when the pay-per-view is usually. Uh, and I will have Mr. Perfect win the money in the bank. Um, he'll still win the Intercontinental title. So he'll have both. He'll have the belt and the briefcase. Um, I think at SummerSlam, he still loses to Texas Tornado. But after the brutal, brutal cage match that uh, Rick Rude and Warrior have, uh, they swarm him. Mr. Perfect comes out, cashes in, wins the title, holds it till probably Rumble. Warrior wins it back. And then we set up Hogan and Warrior too. So there you go. Nice. I like it. Makes now sense. Gonna... I mean, he's the guy. He's as much of a money in the bank choice in a time period as they would be. Like, in right. Yep. Yeah, I, I had to find a year for him, and I figured that was probably the best option because he's kind of hurt, and you know, you don't really know what's going on the next year because he kind of retires, kind of doesn't. So, um, I figured ninety was a good good option. All right, and for number two, uh, I'm going to go to 1995 WWF. Um, this is a guy um, that never got a world championship. I think he probably deserved it. He was one of the best workers in the company at the time. Uh, I am going to have uh, Razor Ramon win the uh, Money in the Bank in, let's say, July of 1995. Um, he's still going to have the ladder match with Sean. Uh, he's going to lose again. Uh, but then, you know, Diesel has the bad back after the uh, match with Mabel. Mabel kind of beats him around. Uh, you know, he's kind of injured after the match is over. Um, Diesel celebrating on the ropes. Razor comes in with the briefcase, sneaks behind him, hits him with the razor's edge, and wins the belt. So uh, I will have Razor Ramon winning the title at SummerSlam 95. Is he holding the briefcase as he razor's edges him down? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> he it to the ref and <laughs> Maybe he razor's, ed- he razor's edges him on the briefcase. Yeah, but, there you go. But, but it's better. standing up. It's yeah, not yeah, flat. It's oh, no. Right on his neck. Right on his back. Yeah, I was what kind of are you? Mabel, Mabel had already sat on his back and like, cracked a vertebrae or something like that so he's just gonna finish him off what kind of ghoul am i i made an owen hart dying joke five <laughs> minutes into this thing that's what kind of ghoul and here's here's the here's the thing at wrestlemania 12 we have the rubber match ladder match for the wwf title so uh they both have one so here we go the first ever iron man ladder match there you go i will say rebooking 1995 Razor ramon sounds like a fun what if? So what if? Maybe it'll happen one day. Maybe it'll happen one day. Yeah, he probably he turns heel in the process of oh, turning yeah. on Diesel. So right. there you go. Stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> Maybe something that gets talked about. I unintentionally plug something. Yes. <laughs> someday, someday. All right. I'm staying in the 1980s as a tribute to Steve Bennett and his brand new podcast, 3x5, here on North South. Video dropping regularly. I uh, got a lot of love already, and it's a fun little watch, about 20 uh, minutes or so. Check that out. Shout out to Steve. And uh, I'm going to go to, uh, I'm going to say 
you know, whatever. We'll call it July 86. Right around the time that Andre the Giant is looking for a little something, something to do. You know, we do get the whole thing with the machines and the suspension and all that. But he was always king of the Battle Royal. So they introduced this new concept. And, of course, Andre wins. He's the closest to the belt. He just takes one step off the ladder. He doesn't even need the ladder. And pulls yeah, really. it down. But we find yeah, out uh, in the process what he does is he takes out a Heenan family member and ragdolls Bobby and breaks his neck. And he gets suspended. But then we start to hear rumors that Bobby Heenan is talking to Andre, blah, blah, blah. And honestly, the storyline to WrestleMania 3 goes the same. But instead of Andre just being mad that he should have, like, being overlooked and had a title shot, it's that he says, like, you know, listen, this is my chance to be world champion. I know we're friends, but I'm going to cash in the briefcase at WrestleMania 3. And Hogan's, oh, Andre, you can't do that, brother. We're friends. And then it goes the same from there. So Andre becomes the first man to successfully cash in the briefcase in my world since when it debuts uh, at WrestleMania 3 and defeats Hulk Hogan in the Silver Dome. Now I'm like, Hogan could still win, but he's the first guy to cash in at a mania like that. And it's Hogan beating him and Andre turning heel. Goes, it all goes the same, just gives him a reason to do that. You know what I like about that choice is you took a great storyline and made it worse. <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. I knew he was going to say that. Uh, but it's a good dude. pick, though. <laughs> well, let's see you try to do any better with your third pick, Mr. Third Pick Man. Go ahead. <laughs> it's not going to be better. Um, okay, so look, for me, like so far, I got a face. Get Quang off the board. <laughs> He's gonna be my sixth pick. <laughs> um, so it's for not me- time to climb the ladder and grab the briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> when I am the climbing band. the ladder. Um, so I, I don't think in mine I've elevated anyone yet. I think Sami Zayn. It's a storyline pick. I think Zabisco is also kind of a storyline pick to see him carrying the briefcase. So this is a character that I think was a, a really so I'm going to I'm going to August 1995. And I think this was a character that was in the process of going through a really great change that would lead to something cool. I think this guy would be incredible carrying the briefcase around. And I think that you could conceivably put him over a champion, even though it might seem a bit far-fetched, in a in a way to elevate him. The title reign doesn't have to be long, but I think that this could elevate someone from a uh, an incredible bit well, not a bit player a um an important like mid card upper mid card guy into the main event so we're going to wcw 95 and brian pillman is going to pull down the briefcase um and what i think he'll do is he'll probably cash in on randy savage at the at the the exact close of savage and hogan are arguing at the end of world war three and Pillman's going to run in behind and roll him up and win the title. And it's going to be a loose cannon champion for a few months. That's not bad. I can dig that. Pillman's another guy who's very much just like, you know, Owen and, and perfect. A guy who probably should have had a run and just didn't. And money in the bank would have been perfect for him. When I, like, yeah, when I, when I watch, so I'm watching WCW now, I'm almost done 96. And I, like, by the time you're in, out of 96, you miss Pillman. Like mm. he is such an important part of those cards. He's such a great face character, but the second he turns heel with Austin, it's incredible. Right. And then he, I know he goes back face, but then when he goes back and when he's on his way to joining the horsemen, 
I think mm. he's really got some top-notch work there. And I, I think he – I don't know if he was ready, but he was certainly ready to carry that briefcase. Yeah, I think it's uh, – unfor- like, just uh, – it is a, it's a very sad story looking back at Pillman and just, like, he's a huge what-if wrestler altogether, to be completely honest, of just maybe t- – the, I don't know if the wrestling world was ready for him at the time that he was height of powers. And then when he was rolling, his body is, is in shambles from everything that had gone on with him. So uh, I like, I like your revisionist history of putting some good juju on, on Brian Pillman uh, moving forward. Uh, Scott, go ahead with your third pick and then we'll do a mid draft recap before you give your fourth round selection. Okay. Aaron's going to hate me for this one. Um, We're going to go to (laughs) summer of 1991 in WWF. And at Madison square garden at SummerSlam, we instead have a money in the bank match. And instead of refereeing the main event, which was anyway, (laughs) Sid justice grabs the briefcase. Bogus. Money in the Bank for 1991. And then four months later, at this Tuesday in Texas, it still happens, Hulk Hogan defeats The Undertaker back to win his world title. But thanks to Flair and... Uh... Oh, cool. <laughs> Scott, you did Aaron, I threw his ass how, out. How could you? I picked I know you I picked did this. this. <laughs> you... Dirty rat fink. <laughs> Just getting him out of here. If, if you can't have Sid, you be have typical Sid Canadian rat. Can't nobody have Sid Justice. Typical Canadian rat. <laughs> I'm sorry. He didn't want to he didn't accept the fact that I uh, wanted Sid, so no. We're back and, to my pick. I picked Sid Justice. <laughs> <laughs> so Sid, um, Comes out at this Tuesday in Texas and slams Hogan with the briefcase, cashes it in, and Sid Justice becomes the WWF champion at this Tuesday in Texas. Y'all shut up. And the 92 Rumble is simply a number one contenders match, not won by Ric Flair. I can't believe I'm doing this, but won by Randy Savage. Gonna have and I Savage think get have... murdered by Sid? Yep. And I think, uh, I think we get... Flair Hogan, no belt, and Savage beats Sid. Because I think that'll be a better match than Hogan and Sid. And Savage wins the world title anyway. And we get Hogan Flair without a belt at WrestleMania 8. You know, it's funny. when um, So on the there was a house show in 92. I think it was February 92 in the lead up to the WrestleMania. And Savage was supposed to fight uh, Jake Roberts in a cage in Montreal. And Roberts didn't get there. So Savage fought Sid in the cage. And Sid fucking annihilated, like just destroyed him. He got no offense. He powerbombed the shit out of him. <laughs> yep. That is solid yep. work. And a Obviously. solid draft so far. Uh, to, re- to recap before we get to uh, the beginning of the fourth round, Logan had the first overall pick and went Owen Hart in uh, 94 WWF, then Mr. Perfect in 1990 WWF, and then Razor in 1995 WWF. Uh, JT's got Rob Van Dam winning the money in the bank a few years early 
in uh, 2001, then Sting and Jim Crocker Promotions in 1988, and then Andre the Giant in 1986. Uh, We've got Aaron with Larry Zbysko in 1980, uh, Sami Zayn in 2022, and Brian Pillman in WCW 1995, and then Scott has... Rodney the Piper in Jim Crockett Promotions, 1983. Ted DiBiase, 1987. And then Sid Justice, 1991. And you now get to be the master and the ruler of round four, as it is your first pick. Scott Bigelow, NW Arena, 1999. That's right. Yep. He takes out of... <laughs> takes out Wayne Bloom. Like he Venus, anus. All right. So <laughs> that'd be great. NWO arena money in the bank. Um, so uh, my next one, uh, we are going to go to the first, for the first time in our draft, we are going to go to ECW oh and we're going to go to 1995. <laughs> and we are going to have a uh, money in the bank match at a September TV taping or something. And it's going to have a bunch of guys in it. And then in typical Paul fashion, the lights go out. The lights go on. And there is, in his orange tank top, superstar Steve Austin. Billy Graham. (laughs) (laughs) Complete with his, on his 13th liver, superstar Billy Graham. Um, Superstar Steve Austin, already sitting on the ladder, steps on Mikey Whipwreck's hand, kicks him off the, the ladder, and grabs the briefcase. We fast forward one month to October 28th, 1995, on on the episode of Hardcore TV. Mikey Whipwreck defeats the Sandman in that big upset in the ladder match. Place goes nuts. No light goes out, though, because the theme to Jesus Christ Superstar begins... Out comes Steve Austin. Now it's Billy Graham. Tank top. <laughs> he buys a liver in the back. No. Um, That's smashes Mikey with the briefcase. Gets the three count. Becomes the ECW champion. Everybody's fucking pissed because everybody loves Mikey. And we fast forward same uh, timeline to November to remember, 1995. It's a three-way with Sandman, Mikey, and Steve Austin, except this time instead of Sandman, Mikey Whipwreck wins back the ECW title at November to remember 1995. If you really want Austin, if you're, it's just a better way after the the stink of leaving WCW that spring. If instead, I mean, the promos are still good. You could do them after the fact and he could like lean on the briefcase with the promos in the middle of the night at three o'clock in the morning. And you know, while his mom's making dinner or whatever, Paul's mom's ironing or whatever. All that stuff still happens, except this time he's carrying. And it can't even be a briefcase; it could be like a satchel or some beat up fucking piece of luggage or something. A Samsonite, a duffel bag, you know, a duffel bag, because because Paul can't afford Halliburton's. And and he he totally heals it out, beats the shit out of poor Mikey, takes the belt from him at that taping, and we get a couple of months of fucking or, or you know a month and a half or so of dogging him, and then Mikey gets the big win at November to remember nineteen ninety five, and then Sam. As soon as you started talking ECW, I just saw JT kind of like, don't say anything I'm going to say. Don't yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, that was the best. <laughs> don't do it. You don't take anything. I was just taking a nap for a second. I don't know what you're talking uh, about. 
<laughs> so. Well, the dulcet tones of uh, Aaron is up. Your next pick. Dumbass tones of Aaron. Don't be mad. Don't be mad and bitter. All right. It, it's not becoming. All right. So you're not um, becoming anything interesting. Sorry. No, I'm not. 2001. <laughs> WCW. <laughs> After he breaks, he breaks his, his leg, jumping off the ladder, he breaks it. Ladder, he breaks it. Yeah. So he folded um, like one. I'm gonna go. We're, we're gonna we're gonna be dealing with this Money in the Bank match at WrestleMania 10. Uh, it's gonna. It's also gonna be on the show for whatever reason. Yeah, lean in, lean in more. Um, we're gonna go with that. I, so again, I want uh, with this one. I want a guy who's gonna carry the briefcase and do something interesting while he's gonna carry it, right? So who's winning this at WrestleMania 10? Is someone who is not gonna be doing his other duties at WrestleMania 10. Jerry the King Lawler is going to climb that briefcase and win at WrestleMania 10. And that briefcase is going to loom large over Bret Hart's entire reign. He's always going to be at, he's always going to be at ringside. He's always going to be right ready. And he's going to hold off and hold off and hold off. But he's going to fuck up because he's going to hold off too long and not cash in. And then eventually his time's about to run out and he has no choice but to cash it in on Diesel. He was hoping for Brett. He was holding off. He was expecting Brett to beat Backland. But Backland won and he respects Backland, so he wasn't going to do it. Uh, and then he's like, I'm going to just wait and, you know, I'll challenge you with the Rumble or whatever. But then three nights later, Diesel wins. And now Lawler probably cashes in on a Raw against Diesel and Diesel just fucking annihilates him like, like just true. runs through him and that's the end of lawler's money in the bank right that sounds like a very jerry the king lawler reign as I money agree. in the bank yeah like that is chef's kiss kind of just right there jt if you're done being grouchy pants you're up with no, your fourth pick See if I can pick up a washed up wrestler as well instead of a guy in his prime. Um, I would say we're going to tell the story of how Mongo Andre really 86. got his how Mongo really got his briefcase. <laughs> you, you WrestleMania? No, I'm like, it's not Mongo, but hey, that's like your greatest greatest oh, wrestler of all time. Now he's washed up. All right. I don't say he's uh, what, but let's not pretend he's uh, in his uh, fucking uh, uh, peak. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's the biggest match of all time. Of course he is. I agree, and it doesn't need a Money in the Bank. Of course it does. <laughs> Could have been even better. Could have maybe been closer to five stars instead of two yeah, and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As great as Mongo, as great as Mongo winning the Money in the Bank instead of being handed a briefcase would have been great. I am going to take us to 1996, and that year, after Steve Austin wins the King of the Ring, they decide, uh, you know, we're going to go ahead and try and find a next world title contender at SummerSlam, and we're going to do a Money in the Bank there, and Mankind is going to win, and creepily. Sneak around, walk around ringside with that briefcase all year before eventually cashing in on The Undertaker in 1997 to rekindle their feud and take the belt for the first time. Is he still fighting Sean at uh, Mind Games? Yeah, well, I don't know. I hate to lose that match. He could because, I mean, Seth Rollins did it. He had a title shot. Move it to October, whatever. October 96, after Mind Uh, Games will do. It doesn't matter. He's winning it in my world in like April or May. Um. Yeah, I don't know if he'd even win it. I don't know. I just like the idea of him carrying it around during that stretch because I feel like he's an unheralded MVP of '96, especially on TV as a worker. But all of his time is spent just like 
in this weird shit with the Undertaker that comes and goes when he's not feuding with Goldust as well. Um, so I think him with the briefcase could add a dimension to the character. Paul Barrick can guard it at ringside, and um, he's dirty. always lurking. Yeah, it's all filthy and like ripped up and stuff, and then it's he cashes in. It. Around the time I'm thinking of like Revenge of the Taker or whatever, he cashes in. But I kind of like him losing, bad. actually. I kind of like him losing because then you preserve Mick Foley's first title win. And you preserve mm-hmm. Brad Baker, so maybe he tries. And I think there is that trope of like they have to win to make it legit. But if you're doing this many of them through the '80s and '90s, like having guys no. lose isn't going to change things as much. So, yeah, some guys have to lose. Yeah, for it yeah, to make yeah, sense, because otherwise it's because I think that's what happened for a long time. Like from 06 to 2012, nobody ever lost. Right. So it became, it became like, obvious. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Took them six years to stop doing the same thing every time. <laughs> hey, man. Look, but having works, a good contender lose would be nice. Like, yeah. they finally did it, but it's with Jack Swagger or whatever. You know what I mean? No, like, it was it's Cena. like, it was Cena. I mean, Cena. Oh, it was Cena. Yeah. 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 But that's another, like, that. that's a whole different. Now we're, now we're getting into a whole different podcast of like, Cena should have never been money in the bank to begin with. Right. In 2012. I wish right? Cena was the blue blazer in May of 99. All right. Let's just move on. Uh, oh, <laughs> my goodness. Well, Logan. <laughs> Logan, JT, Aaron, and Scott have all picked a Money in the Bank outside of WWF. Will you be doing so with your fourth pick, or are you staying true to Titan Sports? I think I'm here to leak this pick. I know who it is. I think I'm going to go. I can hear it. Yep. yep. Test and his uh, doopies <laughs> obsession in 2002. I'm just kidding. Listen to the Ruthlessly Aggressive podcast for that one. Um, but I'm actually going to go outside for both of my picks coming up. So I'm going to start in WCW uh, 1994. Uh, let's say Super Brawl. So I think that's either January or February. Um, talked about this guy a lot on the uh, Danger Pod. Uh, we loved him. We were really impressed with how quickly he caught on. He is the son of a son of a plumber, and that's going to be Dustin Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes is going to win the Money in the Bank at Super Brawl. Is it in the back of a truck? Because that'd be awesome. It can be if it wants to be, I guess. <laughs> okay. um, but he's going to win the Money in the Bank. He's going to uh, tell Flair, I'm going to challenge you at Spring Stampede. And they are going to face off, and Dustin Rhodes will win his first world title because I really think he deserved it. He killed it the yeah. whole year. He was awesome. He's great in all of WCW that I've seen him in. So I think he deserves at least a shot, and and definitely winning winning in and holding it for a little bit. May lose it right back to Flair just to set up the whole Hogan thing. Well, you uh, could do the um, you could like fast forward the Horseman stuff a little yeah. bit and have like Arn befriend him. Yeah. Early on, like, and yeah. then. Arn screws him and costs him the belt back to Flair in like June or whatever. Instead yeah. of Sting and Flair at the Clash, you do you do Dustin and Flair, and yeah. Arn Arn double crosses Dustin there, and then that still sets up War Games like that awesome War Games with Dusty, yeah. and it gets Flair ready for Hogan. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just want to make sure that uh, Dustin gets the belt at some point, so yeah. I, I just wanted him to win it. So yeah, however it needs to get there and however it ends up after that is up to up to debate. But I definitely Logan. want him to win the belt. Where where is um, Dustin Rhodes for you in, with guys who have never won the world title? Uh, he's got to be up there. He's got to yeah. be top two or three for me. I, I, like I said, any WCW I've seen of him, he's great. I know his WWF run past about the first year is pretty rough, but um, even his like comeback runs and like you know the late two thousands uh, and all that stuff with Cody and that, and he, he's just great. And I think he uh, 
was very is very underrated in the grand scheme of things, and I definitely think he deserved at least a shot uh, at a world title on a big stage. So I think he definitely deserves to be mentioned here. Yeah, I feel like he and Steve Austin are like the two biggest victims of like yeah. Hogan coming in because you, they were clearly setting Dustin up as the number one face, like yeah. throughout '93 and '94, and yeah. and Austin is the number one heel. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, because they have great matches back and yeah. forth all the way throughout the years. So mm-hmm. um, the great chemistry there for sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, maybe I'll get some eyes from uh, JT on this one too, but I'm going to go to the land of extreme as well. Uh, I'm going to go to 1999. He is currently the longest reigning television champion of all time. And RVD, another RVD mentioned here, but this is an ECW in 1999. He's going to win the money in the bank. And he's going to cash in on Mike Awesome and win the ECW title before he wins it in 2006 uh, <laughs> at WWE. So uh, definitely glad to get that pick. Uh, I think that's a pretty good one, and I think he would hold the, a briefcase and do pretty good with it. So, yep. So we can still pick a Rob Van Dam from TNA if we want, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, we have all the <laughs> okay. I'm going to cover everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Every RVD moment. <laughs> All right. He does. I mean, I know he gets hurt, but I definitely does. So I'm going next. <laughs> the one. November 2000, the one Billy Gunn cashes in. <laughs> um, no, I'm going to go to 1997 WCW. Uh, at Spring Stampede, <clears throat> there's a four-way match with like Harlem Heat, Luger, and Giant. Where Luger wins, uh, Giant helps him. I'm just going to convert that to a really hot money in the bank. And like DDP, Savage, Luger, like all like the next level down guys. And you kind of still get the same ending with Diesel, with that Diesel, with Giant <laughs> about to win. He's got it. And then he pulls Luger up the ladder and has, helps him pull the belt down, uh, pull the briefcase down. And then because you don't really have that tease, like Luger earns that title match, but it doesn't become like a threat to Hulk Hogan. So I think Luger having the briefcase gives them. WCW like a one up a little bit to chase Hogan with. So maybe Hogan's in a, in a match or the NWO's out there. WCW, the Steiners come out and they fight off the outsiders. Also, Luger comes out with the briefcase. You get the teases to give Hogan like a little scare. And then Luger still cashes in on that 100th Nitro. The title win goes the same because I would never take that moment away. It's awesome. But I think like that four way is kind of lame with Harlem Heat and Luger and Giant. You, the pre match promo can still stay if you want it. But um, I think the match itself needs to. Needs to get spiced up a bit, so you throw in throw in some of the top guys, and I, I love that ending though, where Giant lets Luger win because Giant had his chance that he's trying to show he is WCW. He's not tied to the NWO anymore in any way by that point. So, hmm. is that is that the famous promo? Is that it one? is that is that show? Yes, we're Lex definitely Luger keeping that. Lex Luger the Giant. <laughs> we're coming for the gold sucker <laughs> my favorite thing is he immediately knows that he said something wrong oh, just, oh yeah like, oh, my the deer God. head like face is just sherry sherry packed him sherry's just like sherry's like that's oh, okay baby yeah uh aaron it's okay it's your fifth pick <laughs> all right we're going to january 2000 and again, I want someone who's going to carry this well. I want someone who's going to get a lot of fucking heat. And this is going to oh. give him even more heat. Now get Sid out of there. <laughs> I already killed that buzz for him. Uh, I already killed that buzz for him. <laughs> so in January uh, of 2000, X-Pac is going to win the Money in the Bank. He's going to be 
fucking obnoxious with it. He's going to be horrible. He's going to be threatening to cash in at any time. He's going to be so over the top with how obnoxious he is. Um, he's not going to cash in on his friend Hunter, obviously. Um, but um, he will cash in in the summer against The Rock. And, and with some, some bullshit heel shenanigans is going to um, uh, win the title from The Rock. Rock will get it back soon so we can trade it to Kurt Angle. But X-Pac is one of those guys, the more you watch, especially when you watch – see, this is where I was struggling with 2001 because I love X-Pac in 2001. Like, he's not like – I don't feel he's at his height of powers, but he's, like, really solid despite the X-Pac heat or whatever. So I just want someone detestable with the briefcase. I think he fits the bill. And um, I think he's one of those guys – I don't know. It'd be cool to see him with a short run. Easy. That's an easy answer. Especially since, like, when he comes in after WrestleMania um, in '99, like, there's a little bit of a win- there's a little bit of a window or '98, yeah, there's a little bit of a window, and you know, by by the time 2000, X Pac kind of loses some steam. He's in that. Uh, is that the King of the Ring? He's in. Is that the DX King of the Ring, or is that '99? No, it's that's '99. Because I don't want him as a face. As he's holding it. Right. Like I, I want him as right. a heel. So th- to me, that's the important thing is that he's a heel for this run. For sure. For sure. Scott, you are on the it's tail high. end, my friend. All right. Um, I've been kind of kicking around a few different ones here. Um, Julie Hart. I am going to. Yeah. She cashes in on on Hunter. God's gonna take you down, Hunter. Hunter, straight you cashes down. In on, then she cashes in on Brett for cheating on her. Whatever it's Brett. No more sunny days for you. Um, but, but uh, um, I think I'm gonna do um 2000 WWF as well. Can I do that? Or is this or, or, or it was it was what I'm gonna do affect. Aaron's, can I? You just can't take Xbox. That's all. You just can't take Xbox. You can. Okay, I'm not taking Xbox. So, so I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have, um, uh, Kurt Angle win the Money in the Bank in June of 2000, shortly after winning King of the Ring, and at SummerSlam, you still have your three-way. But instead of um, Rock winning the triple threat and ending it, Stephanie comes out because she's still Kurt's second and looks at, at Kurt and says, cash it in now, cash it in now. And she's pointing it. But, of course, Kurt has a thing for her still, so he's going to hit both of them. She thinks he's going to just kind of do it for Rock and then they can work it out with him and Hunter. But instead, Kurt goes in, smashes both of them with the briefcase, Pins Hunter and wins the WWF title at SummerSlam 2000. Now you have the drama of what the Stephanie Triple H dynamic is that we all thought should have been what it should have been and not what it ended up being. And eventually um, you don't have the matches at no mercy. You just extend Kurt's title reign from August all the way to February. And then Rock wins it back so he can, so we can, listen to my way by Limp Biscuit for 750 straight days. But 
you just extend the Kurtz world title instead of October to February from August to February and continue the drama. Triple H gets a title shot. Rock gets a title shot. There's a bunch of, you know, and he just does what Kurt did in that first title reign, which was just bob and weave and take out all these guys that no one thought he could take out. You still have the Armageddon six pack in the cell. You still have him and Kurt at the, uh, you know, maybe you do something else at the rumble. If he's already fought triple H once, um, you need internet problems, whatever. Um, and, and then, and then you have rock finally beat him at, uh, no way out. Like he did in real life anyway, but you just extend the title reign instead of October. He wins it. He wins it in August. So. It's not bad. Yeah. Just stretch it out for Kurt and it adds more to the triple H Stephanie thing. Too. Yeah. I mean, and he's a great obnoxious person to be yeah. carrying that thing around just like yeah. he did the crown for a bit. Could put the for three sure. eyes on it and everything. Yeah. It definitely was on my list for sure. And now you get to close out your draft. All right. It's round six. Okay. Get spicy. <laughs> TNA 2004, Jeff Jarrett wins the money in the bank and cashes it on himself and keeps it up. Hits <laughs> himself with a guitar. He's the king of the mountain in the bank. That's right, king of the mountain in the bank. Hits himself with a guitar. No. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, and JR and I just did it recently. Um, Congrats, guys. And uh, we. Uh, Except we changed it up a little bit. I, um, I changed the 2000, if I remember correctly, the 2008 Money in the Bank. I do not have Punk win it. Um, I have Jeff Hardy win it. And Jeff Hardy wins the Money in the Bank because he's back by 08. Yep. And uh, he holds on to the briefcase all year. And at Survivor Series 08 in Boston, instead of the whole falling down the ladder, you know, falling down the steps and all that crap that happened, um, Triple H and Vladimir Kozlov have their match. But at Outcomes, Jeff, the place goes nuts. Edge tries to stop him. He smacks Edge with the with the briefcase, hits Vladimir Kozlov. Um because it's a triple threat, because Edge got in it, hits Vladimir Kozlov, pins Vladimir Kozlov, because Triple H won't get pinned. And Not Jeff Hardy world. wins. Exactly. <laughs> um, he only does that once in a while, um, particularly for Jeff Hardy. And Jeff Hardy inst- wins the WWF title, WWE title, I guess, at Survivor Series 08 in Boston. Um in the triple threat after edge supposedly took his spot after the whole, you know, pushing down the stairs and all that crap that happened. And he wins it at WrestleMania 24 instead of punk and punk just wins his in 09. Cause the one in 08 ended up being a waste as we all know. And he wins it in, in Orlando at 24 holds onto it till November limps in the ring or whatever. And cashes in pins Klausloff and wins the world title at survivor series. 08. Same thing happens after that because he wins it at Armageddon 08 and then, he, and then Matt turns on him at Rumble 09. Mm-hmm. Jay, I just covered that. Um, that stuff still happens, but he wins more. Because I think we need – I feel like we need at least one Jeff Hardy money in the bank at some point in our draft. He's a good fit right. for it. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I figured this was a good one. 
I think if he was around, if he was around during the beginning stages of Money in the Bank, those first few, he should have he should have easily won. But he's out yeah. gallivanting in TNA and doing his whatever. So his art, doing his drugs, his art. Yeah, getting, getting paid to stay home by TNA for a year, pretty much. So yeah, you know, Parox Jin needs to put out more records. So uh, I think I think they're on modest to the top. So there you go. And they sure did. Uh, Aaron, let's close out your draft, sir. So when I was preparing this today, for some idiotic reason, I only prepared five. And then just maybe <laughs> maybe 10 minutes ago was like, holy shit, we're doing six. Even though I've done like 80 of these drafts. Um, so, so far. And so I kind of thought about it's on the fly. So far, I think I like. That's what like, I do every draft. draft. <laughs> don't lie. Don't fucking lie. <laughs> um, so uh, if with this draft, what I'm happy about so far is that none of my guys were world champions in the promotions that they were in. Like that was the whole point was for me was to get them kind of like either elevating or telling different stories with people. I am going to break that rule here to make this guy a world champ. He is a former world champion, right? It's not sad. <laughs> He is a champion in my heart. No. So we're gonna we're gonna make this cash in in January 1988. January 1988 is cashing in. But we're gonna do something a bit different with this. Is after the cash in, we're gonna forget about it. We're gonna forget about it. Like we're not gonna mention it. It's gonna be this thing because that happens sometimes where they talk about a stipulation and then don't nod condescendingly. You know what happens. All right. So they're going to just, he's going to win the number one contendership anytime he wants. And we're going to wait the whole year till Starcade 88 when the injustice of all injustice happens, when Lex Luger gets pinned by Ric Flair with his feet on the ropes. What happens at that point is in all the aftermath, someone comes down, I would say Sting, reminds Lex that, hey, back in January, you won this briefcase for a shot anytime ever. And so with that, Lex cashes it in, fucking scoops Ric Flair up on his shoulders, breaks his back, loses the, the moniker of choker forever. Luger's my by far my favorite WCW guy in this like watch I've done. And I think history probably looks at him differently if he wins the title at this event because he was ready and probably deserved it. So yeah, Lex Luger, 1998, WCW, rack and flair at Starcade. After he lost, he's going to pick it up and win. A reverse dusty finish. See, that is something that I wish, like in my fantasy booking brain, I wish would happen. Like someone who is money in the bank wins the title and mm -hmm. like loses the title, but then immediately cashes in and gets his rematch right after losing the title. Yeah, because a lot of times too in those instances, like uh the chant the guy who wins is not is not is worse for the wear, right? The mm -hmm. other thing is I want people to forget about it. So it's a genuine surprise when it gets brought back here, but it still makes sense in the context. And and even the announcers can be like, oh my God, that's right. And they can show a still of it or something from January. Right. For sure. Uh, JT, you are up to close it out. Are you going ECW at all this draft? So <clears throat> I was going to go Rob Van Dam 1998, which is actually when he should have won it, not 1999, but it's going to close, uh, be too close to a Logan took. So I'm not going to do that. I was also going to do Kurt Angle um, at WrestleMania 17, 
to set up his run in 01 uh, with, with Austin to add heat to that. Like Vince almost using it as a carrot against Austin and his tough love stuff. Like, Hey, you know, don't forget Kurt's got the briefcase, pal. You better keep your eyes open. Right. So like that would be part of that angle. Those are my two I had uh, on my list pegged out, but with those both gone and, and trying to be different. Yes, I am going to stay in ECW, but I'm going to go to November to remember 1996 where Stevie Richards is going to win the money in the bank. And he's going to use that to insert himself in the match of barely legal against Terry Funk and Raven, not where uh, he gets put in the three-way and Funk moves on because that Terry Funk title reign while yes, he does help them legitimize their pay-per-view, et cetera, that's how to reign. No bueno. He's not even around. It's a waste. Stevie Richards, at the height of his powers, as hot as he is, wins the ECW world title to close barely legal and gets his little mini run that he should have gotten during that run before he gets hurt. Because he was insanely over in early 97. It would have been a much better pick to win at barely legal. So, there you go. Very solid. Hmm. Logan... Only one person gets to have the final pick, and it's you, buddy. Let's bring it home. All right. So uh, I think Aaron rebooked a Money in the Bank match that actually happened earlier, so I'm going to do the same with my final pick. Um, 2010, Jack Swagger wins it. Never liked Jack Swagger. Thought it wasn't deserved when he did get it. Uh, but there is a man in that match uh, that I think did deserve it. was kind of hot at the time. I had been doing some good stuff in ECW and I'm going to give it in 2010 at WrestleMania 26 to Christian. Christian is going to win money in the bank. Um, Edge, his buddies and Kane all throughout the fall for the world heavyweight title finally beats him at TLC in a brutal fatal four way with uh, Mysterio and I want to say Undertaker may have been the other person or no, Alberto de Rio. Alberto de Rio was the other person. Um, but Edge wins that. Christian comes out, celebrates with him. They have a hug. They have a good time. Edge turns around for just a second. Christian cracks him with the money in the bank briefcase, cashes in, wins his first world title. Um, and then they have a program going into WrestleMania 27 and mm-hmm. Edge versus Christian for Edge's last match. First time around uh, at WrestleMania 27 for the world title. Is that 2010 or did you say 2009? Uh, 2010. 2010. Yeah, then they fight at 27. Then they fight at 20 and 27. Right. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yep. Solid draft. Let's recap everything, and then we can maybe talk about what maybe was missed. Uh, but Logan has Owen Hart from WWF 94, Mr. Perfect from WWF 1990, Razor Ramon from WWF 95, The Natural Dustin Rhodes from WCW 1994, uh, Rob Van Dam from ECW 1999, and then Christian in WWE 2010. JT went second and took Rob Van Dam from WWF 01. Sting from Jim Crockett Promotions in 88. Andre the Giant in WWF 86. Mankind in WWF 96. Lex Luger in WCW 97. And Stevie Richards in ECW 96. Aaron went third. He has Larry Zabisco in the WWF in 1980, Sami Zayn, WWE 2022, Brian Pillman, WCW 1995, Jerry Lawler, WWF 1994, X-Pac in WWF 2000, and Lex Luger in WCW 1988. And Scott closes us out, pick four, Roddy Piper from Jim Crocker Promotions, 83, Andy Biasi, 87, Sid Justice, from 91 superstar Steve Austin from ECW 95 
Kurt Angle from the year 2000, and Jeff Harvey from WWE 2008. No Jeff Jarrett. I thought about giving it to him in 95, but we couldn't pull the trigger. <laughs> yeah. You wanted to have a good draft, too. Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah. Bigger Razor was probably the better pick. <laughs> you don't want to finish fourth behind Aaron, uh, behind Aaron at third. I don't it's know. What you're right. about. I finished first. Is there anything that you didn't draft that you probably, if you had a seventh pick or something that, like, after looking at everything, something that might have been missed or. Something I that wish would I have been the RVD one sooner because I think I do think RVD in '98 because like we're on Extreme Throwaway Dance specifically like that's when he's starting his TV title run like tag title like, like he's collecting gold and mm-hmm. he's being pushed as Mister Monday Night I think adding something like that to it would have worked um, I don't know how that cuts in with like Taz and shit eventually but maybe if he wins it like at the end of '98 or something so maybe just a little sooner than you said. Yeah. Um, I think it's the main one. Like I had DiBiase '88 and '89 on my list, but once he went in '87, it felt redundant. It's kind of like the same thing. So, I thought about picking Hulk Hogan at 1990 so he could have the title, the Rumble win, and the Money in the Bank, <laughs> and just walk around like the king. Maybe he can also beat uh, Savage to win the crown. Yeah. <laughs> the the original Grand Slam. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of mine that I had down were more of like a creative way of getting to a title shot and a title win they already got. So I had like Triple H in 99 uh, winning it and kind of cashing in and getting it the same way he kind of does. And like I think I had Foley in 98. Maybe that's how he gets the January 4th title shot. But just a bunch. I had a bunch written down like that that like they got title shots and probably won them in a lot of scenarios. So I tried to pick the ones where they didn't actually ever get that uh, title win. There's one where you could do like Austin to... in '98 too, or something like as a yeah. as a way to get back events, you know, and try and get the belt back or something like that. I, I feel like I really wanted. I feel like the one three names that are not on here at all, and that's probably because I feel like chronologically through the timeline, there's nowhere to stick them, and that was I couldn't find one for Flair, I couldn't mm-hmm. find one for Brett, and I couldn't find one for Sean. I feel like they, the the timeline just didn't fit for any for them to win them in those times. Maybe. Sean in 95, but he had already won the Rumble. So, you know, that would have just been redundant, I guess. And it, how long would he have held it before cashing it in in 96? Flair, pretty much because he had the belt so many times, he was the one that would have gotten cashed in on rather than doing the cashing. I think you got an option with Flair in 04. You know, I was going to, you know what I was going to do? I think that's I, where you go with him if you need it. Yeah, him. I thought that too. And I was also maybe going to do, uh, in 06 because mm. everybody was all big on him actually maybe actually winning the briefcase at WrestleMania 22. So I thought maybe I'd have switched that up and actually had him win it at WrestleMania 22, but um, I, I didn't think I that think one. Sean, Sean in 95 would be the one probably, I guess, or maybe 94. It's yeah. Diesel, it's, I don't know. And Brett, That's what you're like, looking what, to do with him. Yeah, and I mean, Brett 93, I guess, you know, while Yoko has it, Maybe in the summer. I don't know. Actually, one it's I had so, that I just sort of slipped, slipped them, you know. One I thought would be cool is one, two, three kid winning it at WrestleMania 10. And he <laughs> uses it to cash in on Brett on that Raw. And it has like the hard fought loss still, but it helps out. He's elevated anyway, but maybe if he's like carrying that and does the honorable challenge, like could have been cool too. And 10 could have been juiced like with one more. Like that may become the best mania of all time if you have like a high spot 
money in the bank match. I don't know if you're gonna double up on a lot of matches, but yeah. it's like yeah. but whatever. They they do it anyway all the time. Yeah, the, the only one I didn't pick that I was kind of passionate about was Austin in ninety four WCW, but I thought it was a little easier to get Dustin maybe to the belt with Flair and stuff like that. I don't think they would have done Austin Flair versus each other, and I don't think Hogan would have ever put him over. So um but I flip flopped on that one, but I ended up going with Dustin because I think it would play to a better story and could like just like JT said earlier, it you could play the iron card and he turns on him eventually. So that's kind of why I went with that one. One Ryan to throw in the chat, which is, this is another one I considered was Hogan in 88. And that's how he eventually uses it for the mega powers. He's not um, doing yeah. enough to undermine Savage. I know, I know, but <laughs> yeah. you could do that where he wins it. And that's, that's what leads to their problems. Savage is, yeah. he's a good add to his paranoia, right? He's paranoid about Liz and that Hogan and Hogan keeps saying, I'm not going to cash in on you, right? You are going to cash in. I know you are. So like, he's constantly amps up his like paranoia. Yeah. I ended up going with Andre over that because I thought yeah. or Orndorff and 86 is my other one. Those are my three yeah, like one. Hogan based ones I was thinking of, like to end a friendship with it in a Hogan storyline, which is kind of his thing. So I really wanted to do something with Ken Patera also. I thought he would have been a good pick, but I just maybe 81. Yeah, but I didn't want to do Zabisco and Patera. And I like that Zabisco run more, I think. I do too. What so if he hung Bobby from the ladder? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> With his creamy legged uh, knee braces. Morocco in 82. I thought that would have been pretty cool. I was yeah. trying to think once for Backlund, but. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of good options. So, like, if you're watching or listening, you want to share something we didn't think of, put them in the comments for sure. Let us know what we missed. Uh, but this is a lot of fun as always. We'll be back in two weeks with another draft. And uh, we'll be back next week, Aaron, continuing our trek through every world title change ever so looking forward to that as always of course we're in 1999 want to thank scott logan for joining us be sure to check out everything here at the north south connection as well as a place to be nation uh wrestling feed and pop culture experience if you just go to place nation.com you can catch up on everything there so tim, tim were the guests told not to take sid because um i gotta check my notes <laughs> logan wasn't gonna Aaron, it was really going to be me. You knew Logan wasn't going to. This is Ogus, be- your KO shirt looking oaf. <laughs> All right, Dookie's <laughs> top row. Goodbye. Dookie's! Oh, yeah.